God, we come with an expectation. We come waiting to receive everything that you have to offer us. So hear my prayer, O oh Lord, the Lord of our salvation. As I plead the cause for the reconciled church family, friends, and myself, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. Open our eyes to see the way of destruction that's planned by the enemy of our souls to cause us to fall into a pit of shame, disloyalty, and unforgiveness. Let us not be deceived by the lust of our eyes and the lust of our flesh, which brings a moment of pleasure but a life of regrets. Lord, we have sinned against you, and you only have we failed to surrender to the Holy Spirit by crying out to him for help, to have pure and holy thoughts, which will bring comfort and peace to our souls in a distressed time. Forgive us for allowing our old sin nature to rise up and control our ways. For you, Lord Jesus, have made a way of escape by your cross in the blood, which frees us from the power of sin to cry out, Abba, Father. Rather than focusing on lustful needs that can be subdued by our prayers of faith and submission to the power of God. Father, today we surrender our will and our ways to you to focus only on the things that are pure, true, holy, lovely, honest, and of a good report, which will keep our minds and hearts in perfect peace. For thou, Lord, will bless us, the righteous, with favor and will surround us with a shield. Now, Lord, I give you praise and thanksgiving for favoring us today with your presence and the presence of your Holy Spirit and for revealing to us the things that we need to see in order to be who you created us to be. And I ask you, Lord, to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. And praise the Lord, hallelujah, Jesus. Well, we have a few guests in the congregation that I just want to kind of give you a disclaimer that um, we're not probably the uh, kind of traditional church that you may be accustomed to, but we are a church of the living God, Amen. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. by one faith, one Christ, one Savior, and, and one Holy Spirit. And, and I, I take pleasure in saying that we're not traditional because I like to follow the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not familiar with the Holy Spirit, well, you will have the opportunity to invite him to live inside of you before we leave here today. Amen. 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 So that you can relate to the things that um, I'm saying. Um, we have some people that I know right now are out of town. Um, some on vacation and uh, some are dealing with some family issues so we need to be mindful and prayerful about that but as I was seeking God as to what to talk about I feel like I'm going to be on a hodgepodge okay there's so many different things that I, I feel in my spirit to share but he led me into songs too Amen. Amen. 
So we're going to read it um, first and then go back and try to dissect it. But I'm going to read it out of my um, complete Jewish Bible today because it helps to, to uh, like bring some things home without having to break it down rather than out of um, King James. And then after I read it, we'll go back and try to dissect some of these verses. And it says, why are the nations, and in King James it says, why are the heathens in an uproar, the people's grumbling in vain? The earth's kings are taking position, leaders conspiring together against Adonai or against Jesus and his anointed. They cry, let's break their fetters. Let's throw off their chains. He who sits in heaven laughs. Adonai looks at them in derision. Then in his anger, he rebukes them, terrifies them in his fury. I myself have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain, my covenant. That's what Zion represents. I will proclaim the decree Adonai, Jesus our Savior, said to me, you are my son. Today I became your father. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance. The whole wide world will be your possession. You will break them with an iron rod, shatter them like a clay pot. Therefore, kings, be wise. Be warned, you judges of the earth. Serve Adonai with fear. Rejoice, but with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish along the way. When suddenly his anger blazes, how blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. 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 That should be encouraging and the day that we're living right now. Now, um, the, client, the title of this message is called, God is Still on the Throne. Amen. And the supporting scripture is, as I read Psalms 2, 1 through 15, and also Luke 6, 46 through 49, okay? So I'm, I'll probably be going kind of back and forth between the two interpretations, but I pray that we all get what we need to hear out of this, that we will be encouraged, we will be delivered, we will be motivated, and, and we will have good courage to take a stand against the things that's coming against us, but more especially coming against our Lord. Amen? Amen. So in King James, it says, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Now, I, I, I just want to give a few little definitions because most, most of us know the word heathen really means like a foreign nation, okay? So the Gentiles is considered as heathen, and that's anybody that do not know our Lord and Savior, okay? So that's exactly what it means. And anybody that don't know the Lord is a foreign person to the things of God not necessarily to the United States of America, 
okay? Because it doesn't matter about your, about your culture or your nationality. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're all one, amen? Um, another definition uh, that I kind of like is a troop of animals. <laughs> because when we don't know the Lord, we sometimes act like animals. Okay, uh, for my visitors, just hold on to your hat. <laughs> you, you may hear some of anything, okay. But we sometimes act like animals, uh, and especially towards each other. Amen? And so you know that uh, from the Hebrew, you're acting like a heathen. And so that's something that we want to be mindful of, because if you're born again, you are not a heathen. Praise the Lord. So uh, you should not be imagining vain things. And to imagine means to plot or to meditate. To plot or to meditate. And most of the times, uh, some of us are not so sophisticated with evil spirits that we plot, but we sit up and meditate on the wrong things. And the longer you sit and meditate on it, you will begin to plot a thing. Amen? Or the word vain means to be empty or worthless. Isn't that interesting? Because when you talk about people who are vain, they have a tendency of lifting themselves up higher than other people and appearing to be someone great. But it really means that you're empty and worthless. See, I've always said that vain people are insecure people. And whenever I've said that, people are like, what do you mean insecure? Because they walk around like they got it going on. Well, because when you are secure, you don't have to take a stance to try to position who you are. You, because when you know who you are, you don't have to impress other people with who you are. Hallelujah, Jesus. So we don't want to walk around with empty, worthless attitudes, amen, plotting and meditating on unnecessary things. But in our church age, in this world, actually, based on this first verse, I'm going to read it out of King James again. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? In verse 2, kings of the earth, that means people who are in authority on the earth, set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, I'm going to hold on to that next verse. Because in our church age in this world today, as it is the same as it was in David's time, which means there is an antichrist spirit on the loose. Okay? And the antichrist is raising his head to wreak havoc in the lives of believers and destruction to those who do not know Jesus. This is why we need to be in tune and aware about what is going on in our nation right now and be more prayerful so that we can be uh, uh, proactive and what's going on. See, it, sitting around talking about it and complaining, according to Romans 13, is exhorting it and putting it in force. But when you take it and lament it to God, God gives you out of his word a revelation that allow you to pray strategic prayers 
and then give you enough courage and insight and wisdom as to what should you be doing in this world to make a difference. Amen. So uh, many church folks today are, are under the influence of religious bondages. Now, when I say that word religion, uh, a lot of Christian people frown at me because they're thinking, well, aren't we in a religion? No. We're in a Christian faith. Okay? Now, I want to share some things with you in case you don't believe what I'm saying. Okay? Because religion is a manifestation of the main root spirit called the lying spirit. The lying spirit manifests religion, okay? And so what I'm saying is that uh, the lying spirit is the root spirit of religion. Uh, turn over to 2 Chronicles 8, 18 to 32 for a minute. 2 Chronicles 18, and um, I'm going to read verse 32. And it says, for it came to pass that when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back again from pursuing him. Okay, we're going somewhere. Like I said, that lying spirit manifests religion. Religion will have you focusing on the wrong thing and not on the right thing, okay? Now, let me explain what I'm, what, what I'm telling you. In uh, my book called uh, The Strong Man, His Name, and What's His Game? Because see, in order for you to control your house, you got to be the strong man of your house. And if there's another strong man in that house, you need to get rid of that strong man so that you can be the strong man of the house. I'm talking spiritually, okay? <laughs> And, 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 and so in this book, it shows us a tree. Now, we know that the tree root goes down in the ground, which is where it gets its nourishment and everything. Like, like we just realized, when was this? Um, Wednesday evening, and uh, when we had that storm that came through, what, about 15 minutes it may have lasted? This, the strong storm and the rain was so fierce that God did the landscaping that we needed and he uprooted some trees out of the ground that was rotten and needed to come out. So he saved some time for the landscapers. So now all they need to do is go around and pick up the debris and get rid of it. Hurry, please, okay. But he saw what was rotten and what needed to be uprooted and those trees, some of them came up from the ground, up from the roof. But that's what God will do. Man can't do it, but God can do it. But if there's anything in you that's been rooted in you, he can uproot it by his spirit. But you need to be humble and open and confess and recognize what's going on so you can speak it out. Because when you speak it out, you've given approval for God to do his work and the angels to work. Okay? Now, let me just tell you, the lying spirit is the tree in this particular situation. So it is the root. Isn't it interesting that the lying spirit would be the root spirit of religion? Why? Because religion is a counterfeit to Christianity. And it comes bearing lies. 
Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. And, the, and, and, and the, the tree is the lying spirit, and the manifestations are strong deception, flattery, false prophecy, superstitions, accusations, religious bondages, gossip, false teachers, slander, lies. Okay? So this is why some of our churches are messed up today because they got false prophets in the church or in the pulpit that are only there to gain, to gather for gain, but not coming with the doctrine that could set your soul free because God is not interested in about how much money you gather, but he is concerned about you letting your soul get free after your heart's been changed by the blood of Jesus from the cross. Amen. So when you recognize things, you need to be in a position to bind up that lying spirit that is manifesting religion in your life and loose, loose, loose the spirit of truth. Truth should be coming forth. The more truth we hear on a regular, consistent basis, the freer we will become. You see, you don't go in and out of truth. We need to be flowing in the truth. The more you keep yourself in a position of getting truth, the freer you become. So you have a responsibility to be in the Bible, in the word of God, because the word uproots that that has been planted by an unclean spirit so he can manifest his truth in your life just because you've been saying it all of your life and just because you knew that all of your life don't make it a truth it makes it a true fact but God can change facts because he is the author of dealing with impossibilities okay and so when you become free because you have realized there's something wrong I'm giving it to you God because remember now, Satan is the author of lies, and he's a counterfeiter. Amen. So what he does, he comes to pervert truth and morals so that they will appear good. He comes to pervert truth and morals so they will be, appear good. Which is what happened at... Help me, Holy Ghost. During the election, yes. we had a false sense of what we thought was true. And so we went with what is familiar and common and is a heritage opposed to stepping out on faith and choose what was speaking more right than, than anything else. And we made a decision based on personality but not on God's morals we can't look at the person we've got to look at what they're saying out of their mouths that comes from the heart you, you see we can we can be misled and perverted by our own flesh when we allow our flesh to take over and dictate to us to our, our, the, the, our hearts dictate to our hearts now, to recognize the deceit, you've got to be submissive to the word. Yeah. You see, you can't d discern the counterfeit if you don't know the real deal. Amen. Most of us are majoring in the counterfeit when you should be majoring in the real deal. 
Because, see, when you go to the bank, now I know if I go to the bank and they pass me a counterfeit dollar, I may not recognize it at first. But if you major in Jesus Christ and his word, you'll know when you hear the counterfeit. You know when you hear the counterfeiter speaking. Okay? So we don't want our appetite that's deceitful to determine our direction in life with Christ. Amen? Okay, let's, 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 let's keep on moving. Thank you, Jesus. So, in uh, verse 3, it says, after he talks about trying to take the position against Jesus like they really could, okay, he says, let's break their fetters and throw off their chains. But in the process, Jesus is sitting up laughing at the direction that they're going in. Now, they broke our fetters, loosed our chains, years and years and years ago when we were not in tune and we went along with a lot of stuff because it didn't affect my direct household. Okay? You see, God didn't put us here to compromise and to settle. He put us here to be a difference. And so when we sat back and laughed at stuff and came up with all the slang names of different positions and and situations and thought it was cute because that's not who I am. As long as it don't hit my family and my home, I'm okay. Okay? So what we did, we sat back and we said, Satan, have your way. So now... He, the Antichrist spirit is manifesting himself in the LGBTQ, where all of God's morals and commandments are being aborted and perverted. Now we got to deal with the fallout from being silent and compromising. We got to deal with the fact that people want to dismantle the police department, that the the government wants to pass on new tax laws to control to control us where it makes the rich wealthier, the middle class wealth decrease and the poor poor, where they're legalizing abortion in order to control the population and the climate. They're killing babies and adopting animals, trying to close down the churches to prevent Christianity from going forth. Going against God's anointed there, are, there was a pastor in Canada and a few in California that was put in prison and, and mistreated because they were having church services. And when we just sit back, oh, well, help me, Holy Ghost. There is a border explosion. Also, we allow them to come up with Black Lives Matter, which really is to control black lives to keep us in a victim mentality, okay? We are having witchcraft conferences and major buildings being advertised a month or more in advance to have you prepared. 
we're having monuments erected. Sometime back, they had one, I think, of Satan they wanted to put downtown because they were having a conference. Amen? Now, I got this. I, you uh, Give her a mic. Give uh, uh, Deborah a mic, please, because she, she done meditated on this. So she, We don't need to know all the details, okay? Just a few points, okay? But they're wanting to erect another monument called the Giant. Have y'all heard about that? Uh-huh, I know. Because you ain't going to get that on mainstream media, okay? But what we're going to do, anybody who wants a copy of this and also the prayer that goes along with it to dismantle their plans before they go come to pass, we'll, we'll, we can make you some copies and you can get it. But what we need to understand is that we don't wait till this stuff comes into place and then just complain and whine about it. When we hear about it's coming, we start praying to decree, to destroy it, annihilate it, to keep it from happening in the name of Jesus. Give us a little data on that, Deborah. Um, it, you can Google, it's called The Giant, and the gentleman who is, um, has made this, he's had museums, his name is Paddington Dunning, P-A-D-D-Y-D-U-N-N-I-N-G. This statue is a uh, human form. It will be 10 stories high. And it has the digital um, LED lights so that it can transform to whoever you want to put up. So it's reminding you of the day when they, Meshach uh, and Bendigo, when them, they wanted to bow down to this idol. They wanted so them to bow, bow down. down. Yeah, wanted them to <laughs> bow down. And so they want to erect this in 21 cities. New York is on the list. It's and um, uh, Vegas is on the list. And then they will bring it to that city, it will, and they're advertising it as art, that it will make money for the cities. It will be erected. Now, 21 of them, they can be there in your city permanently, or you can bring them there for display for a time. And they're saying your city will be able to make money from this. This image can, like I said, they, you can uh, even, it will turn to you. Because since we're all into the selfie things, it will take a picture <laughs> and you can erect your image. So here we are um, back again, mm -hmm. putting up false mm -hmm. idols, mm -hmm. which God has told us not to. Amen. And not to erect anything that he is our Lord and the God. And he should be the only one erected uh, throughout the land. Also, it has the capability to be able to um, communicate with all 21 of those statues that go up. Why would you need to communicate if it was supposed to be art? Something is not statue. right about that, especially if it's be 21 <laughs> over cities, not just in United States, over the world. Amen, amen. So, like I said, there's a prayer along with this data for you to read it to see what it's all about. But there's a prayer for you to pray it down so that it does not happen. Uh, because when we found out about that witchcraft uh, conference thing they were having, we prayed and that didn't work out. Amen. That's what we do at Morning Glory Prayer. Okay? And, 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 and we need to, that, don't be so quick to just come in and have to do your one, two, three prayer and leave. You, sometimes you got to labor. You got to labor so that you can hear from God because we don't know it. 
We don't know it all. We don't know most of the time what we should pray and how we should pray. So you have to go before the Lord. That's why he told uh, uh, Peter, John, and James when they, he was in the, uh, went to the uh, Garden of Gethsemane to prepare for his death on the cross. He was going praying more for them than for himself because he knew once they found out what was going to happen to their Savior, they were going to need some help. They were going to need some strength and to be encouraged. But he comes back and they're asleep. And he said, could you not pray with me and watch for one hour? <laughs> if we take the Lord's Prayer and break it down in the components and not just recite it, but break it down into the components of how God is telling us how to pray and how to stand daily. It takes about an hour to pray. Amen. Help me, Holy Ghost. I don't know what they want to do. Okay, all right. I ain't going to be bothered by your silence today. I'm hungry. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, and she touched on it. Another thing is social media. That's, it's control to prevent good stuff like if you get a hold of some of these YouTubes and, and, and YouTube and um, social media that's coming from people who are not owned by uh, uh, these rich people that's controlling technology and uh, also um, commercials, they will try to cut them off keep you from getting that data because see they can say what whatever they want to say and not be worried about a fallout okay so they they're they are on a mission to report truth and all the facts that you don't get do y'all hear what I'm saying okay but they want to control that type of output as they subject our youth to sexual blight profanity and brainwashing thoughts this is why parents you need to control technology in your home I don't care how old your child is because there's, there's so much filth on there it's unreal even some of the commercials today you when I was growing up that was unheard of but some of these commercials today are just blatant filth. Why? It's like a brainwasher. Because now think about something. When you watch a commercial and it's talking about food, even if you're not hungry or if it's something that you don't even like, you begin to want it. You keep hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, hearing it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing, hearing. You keep hearing it and all of a sudden you start thinking about, hmm, or I'm hungry. You know you're not hungry. You've just been brainwashed. And that's what is going on in our social media thing. Lies, deception, and control over the economy through the pandemic. It's, okay, um, although we feel like when you read these scriptures that the enemy is coming against us, and especially if you try to minister to other people, I'm mainly talking about like unbelievers, but sometimes there's some believers who say they're believers that you try to minister to, and they resist what you have to say. They reject the word. They reject God's truth while you're trying to share the truth and bring correction. 
They want to reject it. And when you're declaring biblical doctrine, and they're like, don't be preaching at me. Well, who? That's what God tells us to do. We're to be accountable to each other. Did y'all know that? Yes. Preach to me. Especially when I need some help. Let, let, let me just give y'all a little notice. When I'm in that room closed off just before we come out here for um, praise and worship, those are intercessors in there ministering to me and telling me about what God said I need to do. Especially when they see and sense I'm fretting over something, I'm worried, I'm bothered. They're ministering to me and they're telling me what thus says the Lord, so get your stuff straight. And you think I'm in there talking about, you can't talk to me. I'm the pastor of this church. I'm like, you're right, thank you. Forgive me, God. Okay, I receive it. Thank you. Come on. Correction is supposed to come. You think the Lord, he only corrects those who belongs to him. So you praise the Lord when he sends correction because he's trying to stop you from going down the road of destruction. So, but for those of you who are experiencing that, stop fretting. They're rejecting Jesus. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. And they're going to have to answer to God about every truth that's been presented to them that they rejected. Now, whether you believe it is truth or not, don't make it less than a truth. Amen. It doesn't matter how you feel and what you think. The fact is, it is a truth. And every truth, you're going to have to uh, answer to, to God about, about the truth that you did not receive because your intellect says you're too intelligent for that. So, for those of you who have enough courage to keep talking, stay encouraged. Stay on the path. Don't give up and don't give out. Because it is going to pay off in the long run. Amen. Now, in, um, in response to, to, to verse 3, and I'll read it again. It says, then in his anger he rebukes them terrify, and terrifies them in his fury. I myself have installed my king of Zion, my holy mountain. Now, from the beginning in Genesis 1, man has always tried to disassociate himself from knowing, from God, knowingly or unknowingly. From the beginning in Genesis, man has always tried to disassociate himself from God. Remember in Genesis when they organized and built the Tower of Baal? They built this tower because they felt that they had the power to take control and do something. But guess what? They had a vision and they had passion. And so they were very successful. Do you have a vision? Are you passionate about God? Remember what the Bible said? Without a vision, the people perish. You give young men visions. Old men dream dreams. We're supposed to be always figuring out what can we do for the Lord. Amen. Because we were made in the image of God and with the Holy Spirit in us, how much more we believers can do than they did. 
But you know what? You, don't, you know why this is so quiet and sad? Because you don't believe it. Y'all don't believe that you can do anything great in God or God will do something great through you. If you really believe it, you would be rejoicing. Especially when you know that you're in a church where freedom and liberation rest and you don't have to be sophisticated. We need to really depend on prayer and word prayer, which is effectual. And when we fervently pray it, it will put God's angels on their job, take them out of unemployment, and Jesus will work on our behalf. So regardless to all that we just heard that is going on in the world, and that's just a little bit that I know, God is still on the throne. And he's waiting to hear from us. See, when we praise Jesus by thanking him, calling his name and declaring his works, the Lord will reverse evil, dismantle Satan's plans, and strengthen his covenant people. When we learn to praise and thank God through his word, let me tell you, when you call out the names of God, you are actually giving him his resume that he has to perform. And you're also reminding him of his promises and his benefits towards us that he's going to manifest because you remember. He says, bring me into remembrance. Okay? Although these verses uh, from 4 to 6 is talking about the, uh, the second coming of Jesus, it still remains in our present time. Because when we talk about it in verse, in, in, in verse 7, he says, I will proclaim the decree that Jesus said to me, Adonai, you are my son today, today, today. I became your father. God is not a God of a set time. So that's not talking about a particular time. Okay? God's timing isn't the same as man's timing. For God lives beyond time. And he isn't limited by time or a 24-hour day. So that day does not mean the day like we see it, okay? His days are eternal. His day, one day is eternal, okay? And the cross and the resurrection proves who Jesus is and not mark the beginning of Jesus. How we think he, Jesus became when he, when he was planted in the womb of Mary. Jesus was in the beginning. He, he's always was and always will be. He left divinity to be born as a human in order to redeem mankind. Now that's when you need to be rejoicing. The God of divinity, the, the God of whose control of everything left divinity to be an escape for mankind here on earth. Now, he didn't allow us to escape what all that we were subject to, to do nothing but visit these buildings every once in a while, be sophisticated, and maybe have a little clapping good time for a moment and go on. He didn't do it for that reason. He did it for his kingdom to be realized here on earth as it is in heaven. And it cannot be realized when we're so bound and caught up in flesh and self that we don't know what time it is in the spirit world. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, um, help me, Holy Ghost. He says, ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance. Now, this, is, this, this was for Jesus, but he will do the same because Jesus says, all power has been given unto me and in my name, in my name, go forth teaching. Okay, so the, this verse is really speaking of two things. The defeat of the Antichrist in the battle of Amagadon and the evangelization of the world. This is when we come in. Evangelization of the world. We believers now have the responsibility to let our light shine for unbelievers to see and to know Jesus. Also to tell them about Jesus as our Savior. This is why we must have a strong biblical foundation. For without it and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we can and will anything. Amen. Amen. There is a false power or demonic power on the earth. We have the power of God and we have the power of Satan. Okay, and you're going to have to, you're going to walk by one or the other. Amen. Amen. Now, remember that. The power controlling you before salvation was the power of Satan. Yes. Therefore, you need to be renewing your mind in the word, which brings the transformation of a worldview to a kingdom view. Amen. Your view cannot change unless you're in the world. I mean, in the word. Amen. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. In the word. Okay. So we have to have a strong foundation and go over to Luke 6. Luke 6, and we're going to read verses 46 through 49 that is talking about our foundation. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? I love that verse. Because we're good calling on the name of the Lord but not following what the Lord is telling us to do. Amen. You know, after we start talking about, well, I don't know if that was God. You know, you have all of these little doubts and stuff, unless it's something that's appeasing to your flesh. The Lord said. <laughs> okay, let me get back. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house, digged deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. That rock is Jesus Christ. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation, no foundation, built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Who's your foundation? Yeah. Are you building your house, yeah. this house, on a strong foundation? 
or you just in the earth flowing, going with what, what, what all is going on in the world, the view of the world, the, the government and all of that. We have to take a stand. We don't look like, we don't act like, we ain't supposed to smell like the rest of the world. We're supposed to be different and stand out and make a difference. You don't fall in line with the majority. Because even as a minority, you are greater than the majority. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So you don't have to worry about, well, are you standing along a side or whatever? No, you are never. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always with you. When we put our trust and our confidence in our Lord and Savior, the one who made the greatest sacrifice that would ever be made, when we put our trust in him, we will see a difference. We will make a difference. We cannot make a difference and be in the bed with the world. So we need a strong foundation so that we don't falter. Amen? Amen. Okay, back to Psalms 2. We are in verse 9. I'm going to try to climax this. Verse 9, and, and I'll, I'll just read all of them and then go back. You will break them with an iron rod, shatter them like a clay pot. Now, the rod is the scepter that represents kingship. Okay, you remember in, in 23rd song when he said the Lord would bring us in correction with his rod and his staff? The arm is symbolic of strength. Okay, this is God's strength, and he uses his son Jesus to, to bring this change in his second coming. But in the meantime, he will give us what we need to fight the battle here on earth. Okay, all right. It says, dashing them to pieces like a potter's vessel. The enemy's strength is no comparison to the strength of our King, Jesus. But you got to have faith in him. Not in you. It's not by your power. It's not by your might. But it's by his spirit. And that's what I'm trying to promote. We need to be in the spirit of the living God. Amen. Jesus is ruler over all nations, and we, his people, are to rule by his spirit until he returns. And when he returns, he's returning as the judge. You need to know him as your king, your savior, your Lord right now, so you will be coming back with him reigning rather than being judged. Because Jesus is the king now, the king of kings. Amen? So, According to verses 10 through 11, do not let your desire for comfort override godly wisdom and trade off God's commands and morals for his lies and false flattery. For God will always win at the end. And these little moment afflictions that you suffer don't even compare to the more exceeding and an eternal weight of glory. That's where we have to keep our focus on. What, where are you going to spend eternity? Not the moments of pleasure that you're going to get here, but where are you going to spend eternity? Because you are following the way of Christ for your life. He has a plan. He says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, and that's of a hope and a future. And he has it for every individual. That's why you have to seek him for you. Because we're, 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 we're not robots. We all have distinct, different 
purposes in life and we need to be following them even if the offices are the same even if the spiritual gifts are the same they are executed differently based on how God created us so when you let your flesh dictate your desires and behavior you are heading down a road of destruction it can also start out with just a simple appetite <laughs> you know how you got them comfort foods that you major in. Maybe once in a while you'll eat something healthy, but most of the time we're just eating what we want to eat, right? Okay. That's the beginning of our failure. Because when we major in feeding our soul what we have spoiled it to, and we don't put any limits to it, then it begins to crave for those things, and you have to feed it what it's desiring. That's just the beginning of other strongholds in our lives, okay? See, fasting should be for the purpose of, dis of disciplining our flesh and not to get God to do anything. It must be done fasting with constant confession and a plea to be free by putting your appetite on the altar to release besetting sins. Remember, the food is just the beginning. It's just the opening. There are other things you have appetite for that you are bound by that is a stronghold. Okay? And so when we learn to put the food on the altar, that's just the beginning opening. And then begin to cry out to God to deliver you from the strongholds that is affecting your personality and your character. Amen. That's the sacrifice, giving God your stronghold, strongholds in exchange for the fruit of his spirit. The sacrifice is not because you decided you're going to fast. So what? Like we're doing some great big thing and oh God, and we're so holy. We should be fasting because we need to be free. Amen. And that's the only way that you're going to be able to hear clearly without the clutter of all those comfort foods that's in your system that are made up of carbohydrates and sugar and stuff that blinds you and dulls your hearing and everything else. And so when you're open and free because you're hungry, you got to humble yourself and then you pray and you seek God's face and you ask him to forgive you of your sins. And when that happens, he heals you. He heals the land. He heals you. He heals the land. So you don't have to fast to get God to do something special in the earth. You need to fast to get God to do something special in your soul. And when you pray, then he will hear us and he will bless the land. He will heal the land. Yeah, amen. Amen. It's the body of Christ that need healing and need prayer. Yeah. Amen. To free us from the fruit of religion, from the lying spirit. We'll have you thinking how good you are. For turning your plate upside down and telling others, well, no, I can't eat that because I'm fasting. Don't do that. Just don't eat it. You don't have to tell nobody you're fasting. Because when we do that, you're just flaunting that thing. 
You don't want to bring any attention to anything that you're actually seeking God. That's really kind of like your prayer closet. You're seeking God. And, but when you do it the right way, publicly, everybody would have known you've been in his presence. Amen? So we need to be focusing less on what you can eat or cannot eat and more on humbling yourself in order to hear from God as he reveals the root causes of your dysfunctionalism, the weakness of your flesh, and your corrupt conversation. God is standing at the door knocking to enter into your soul, the door of your soul, in order to deliver you from all internal vices that affects your peace, your joy, and your victory. Let's stop talking or speaking of all of our woes, our illness, our sickness, and our disease. We rehearse them, we manifest them. The more we rehearse them and we talk about them, let's stop talking less about those things and more about the names of Jesus. And watch what God will do. Watch what God would do. And, and, and instead of talking about those things, how about you are my Jehovah? You are my Jehovah Adonai. You are my Lord, Father. You are my Jehovah Jireh. But whatever I need, you provide for that. You are my Jehovah Rapha. You sent your word to heal all my diseases. I receive it, Jesus. You are Jehovah Makedesh. You are the one who sanctified me, set me apart. Keep revealing to me the things I need to release and put at the altar so I can walk in that sanctified state. You are my Jehovah Nisi. You are my new standard. My old standard is gone now, Father, by the blood of Jesus and the cross. I have a new standard, and it's you. And so when the enemy comes in like a flood, you lift up your standard against them, Father. And I am free. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Hallelujah. Without your peace, my heart is messed up. But because you put your peace upon me, now, Lord, it guards my heart and my mind to keep me in perfect peace, to walk in your way. We need to change our conversation, begin to speak what God says. He is a merciful God. He is our heavenly Father. He is our precious Savior. He is a bridge over troubled water. He's the bridge over troubled water. He's our strong tower. When the righteous run into it, they are safe. Hallelujah, Jesus. He is the lily of the field, the bright, beautiful things that we need to focus on. Think on those things that appear lovely, holy, perfect, of good report. He is the bright and morning star. When we wake up, thank you, God. You woke me up, not with a spirit of fear, but with a power, love, and a sound mind. I can do all things through Christ this day who strengthens me. Hallelujah. He's my hope for tomorrow. It's a strong leak in the chain of life. He's my safety net. That's where I hang up under his wings and under his feathers. Do I trust and put my hope in it in the name of Jesus. He is my stabilizer. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm not double-minded. I keep my mind on those things of God so he can keep me in the straight and the narrow and keep my face on his face. He's my fear. 
air breaker. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's my suspender. At the time I need it, he lifts me up above my enemies. He's my life giver. Without him, I'm a walking dead person. He's the shining light in the dark situation. So whatever your situation is, call on Jesus. He's the light in the dark place. Hallelujah, Jesus. He is the divine. He is the divine. He is the divine. There's nothing above him. And then nothing can get past him or up under him, Father, in the name of Jesus. He is a hiding place, my secret place. I don't have to go in a closet, just get before him in the presence and dismantle everything else that's around me. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's my resting place. When I don't know what to do, I just sit at his feet and rest and wait till I hear from him. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's my day star, my refuge, the banner of my life. He's my truth. He's my advocate. So he is my attorney when I have to go to the courts of the land. But when I'm not in that court, I go to the judge of the highest court of the universe. Hallelujah. And prepare myself so I know I'm going to win the case. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's my great physician. So when I go to the hospital, I put my hand, my body in his hand. And I put the wisdom, the lives of the medical people in his hand and declare that I am healed because the great healer had me in his hand. He is the word, my life, the way maker, my deliverer, my protector, my provider, my all in all the way. The only true, the only true and living God. He is love. When I love his way, the agape love, I don't get into any problems. I don't have to deal with lust. When I come against anything in the way of love that is not pure and holy, I give myself over to God and surrender it all. He purified me and now I am safe. In the name of Jesus, he is my peacemaker. Yes. Glory. Thank you for being a peacemaker because as humans, we make too many mistakes. But you will come and turn that around and the relationship is better than it was prior to. Hallelujah, Jesus. He is my song. He is my strength. My melody. The air that I breathe. The ocean flowing in my heart. My sunset my rising son. He is El Alan, the one who created all things, the first cause of everything. So everything is in control and in his hand. And when we begin to be declare and state these things instead of our woe, he will manifest himself according to his name in our lives. Let's try to declare who God is and let's stop lifting up our issues more. Change your conversation. Speak of God's goodness. Every time the enemy puts negative thoughts in your mind, every time you begin to feel sorry for yourself, every time you think to blame others for your lack or your failures or lack of vision, every time pain and discomfort surfaces, 
Put God on the, on, the, on, the, on the plan. Every time you are rejected, disappointed, or lied on, call on the name of Jesus. Every time you open your mouth to lie or defend bad behavior, call on Jesus. Every time pride and arrogance rise up in your flesh, call on Jesus and tell him, subdue me. I'll put myself at the altar. At your mercy, Father, your grace is sufficient for me and all that I need. And let me tell you, if there's anyone who don't know Jesus on Zoom or in present here, that do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are missing out on a great blessing because his promises are sure. Yes and amen. And your life can change drastically. And if you have received what you've heard. You may not quite understand it, but it's doing a stirring in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit saying, come to me. Let me show you a better way. Let me show you a new way of living. This is your time. And even if you've been in church all your life, you've just been churched, but you don't have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal, intimate relationship. Let me tell you, when we have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, it teaches us how to have proper intimacy with other human beings. Amen? And if you're struggling in relationships, it's because you don't know the person of relationships. His name is Jesus Christ. So I implored you to just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a savior I'm humbling myself to come to you for all that I need I know I have not been able to conquer it in my flesh and in my emotions so I'm giving them to you Lord and I ask you to give me the greatest gift there is and that is Jesus Christ to be my Lord and be my Savior. I thank you, Father, for the work of the Spirit in my heart today to give me the courage to ask for your gift of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Jesus. I am saved. Now, Lord, Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can walk out this Christian life in faith and truth and obedience. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do the benediction, and then after that, we'll open it up for questions and answers. So if anybody feel a need to, to leave, they, they can. But I want to uh, do the benediction first. Then we'll have our questions, answers, comments, testimonies, or complaints. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. The Lord bless you. Hallelujah, Jesus. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you, 
making himself available to you as his heavenly father so he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all your enemies from harming you. May he protect your body, your soul, mind, and spirit, your loved ones, and all your possessions. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May Yahweh, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, continually bringing to you order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose and be gracious to you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you and give you sustenance, provision, and friendship. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. May Yahweh, he who exists, lift up, carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything that he has to your aid, supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being, and give you peace. May Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. And may you have traveling mercies when you leave here. And when you do, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen.